0: Welcome to the Normal to Nomad podcast, where we share stories, thoughts, ideas, and conversations on our journey to find balance with nature in a technologically advanced world. My name is Baron. And I'm Elsa. We live together in a 13 foot scamp trailer with our dog camp in the American wilderness. Greetings.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: I'm here with Brian Galleon. And I'm here with Baron Link. And we are doing a duo podcast.
1: In the snow. In the snow. <laughs> oh, Deep snow,
0: by the way. And we're in Brian's tent, and it's blizzarding right now. Early September blizzard, which is pretty wild. We didn't believe that this was actually going to come true. <laughs> oh, dude. We were both super stoked hoping that it would dump on us, but I kept my expectations really low, thinking we'd get maybe three inches total, but it's up to, I don't know. High five already? Yeah. It's... And crazy it's,
1: what Three thirty or 4 yeah. o'clock and so we're i mean we're literally looking at another 18 hours of snow yeah. continuous
0: snow so we might get up to i don't know conservatively even a foot mm-hmm. i think that'd be awesome and it's the ground is still warm so i'm blown away by how it's sticking mm-hmm. like even it's only been snowing for five hours or so and it's already accumulated that much it's pretty wild
1: and for how warm it was yesterday you know the, the ground is still warm underneath right there but it, it's like there's so much coming down i can't keep up
0: right and i was putting up our wood stove
1: with a tank top on you know i was, <laughs> like, <wild>. yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like i don't know if i believe this or not yeah i, I went and did a cold plunge yesterday after i was, right, like, that was too, too hot,
0: hot. yeah so that's just wild because yeah, it was like high 80s mm-hmm. most of yesterday and then today we're getting a lot a lot of snow so
1: yeah and the temperature keeps dropping too i think that i mean it started out this morning it was in the 40s yeah and it's been continually just dropping all day and I, I think tonight is supposed to get down the, the high teens or mid-teens okay at our location so I've got that GPS where I can do the NOAA pinpoint weather forecast oh, I thought
0: you in case we needed a call for help <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Brian we got this yeah, we'll we've be been okay, doing this dude. for a while
0: you can sleep on the bench in the skin <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm scared <laughs> so, so I was like I don't know really what got into him <laughs>
0: Brian's got the um what is this wood stove you can probably hear it in the background because we're in a big giant winter tent mm-hmm. with the wood stove going
1: yeah that that wood stove is from a manufacturer from uh, minnesota it's it's four dog stoves and that model is the three dog dx model but they don't make that anymore they they, okay. have, they have just like two two sizes instead of four and then they have a whole new titanium line which weighs like you know a fraction of what that does but this is a full cast iron yes like sealed stove okay yeah there's no seams in it at all it's all airtight uh, it's made for full-time winter camping and that's why i got it and it's a little bit big for this tent, but I wanted it for just in case if I got some really cold conditions.
0: Or just big logs. That's the big <laughs> issue with our stove being so small. It puts out plenty of heat, but the lo- like I have to process the wood so small to get it in there. Yeah. It's difficult. Whereas you can just clunk in like a quarter of a tree.
1: Yeah, and that's what's nice at nighttime. I can literally, if I go to bed at 9 p.m. Yeah, you know, which is late for me. <laughs> 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 but, but if I go to bed at nine. I can literally go until about 3 or 4 a.m. before I got to start stove. Wow. So that's a that, that's a great, you know, 6-7 hours of sleep. Yeah. If, if I have the right woods, if I have like black walnut or if I can get my hands on ho- oak or hedge, mm-hmm. if you cut rounds just like, you know, and maybe put those in the stove and stack them like a little pyramid in there, man, mean it just burns forever.
0: Yeah, it's funny our first year out here everybody was ripping on us on YouTube like just get, go get some oak. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, dude, there's no oak for no however many miles like how far away is the nearest oak tree
1: oh it's kansas (laughs) you know i mean we're talking 500 miles right yeah it's that's where that wood broker that i use it is so effective because they have 17 different types of hardwood right and they don't have oak though and they don't have hedge. if they do get it in it's sold immediately sure but you know you can get like cedar you can get black walnut black walnut will burn for five or six hours it takes a while to get it going But black walnut
0: is such nice wood it's like sad to burn it
1: yeah but well, you know what's crazy is that stuff grows like a like a weed down in down in the south really it's everywhere in the ditches the black walnut is
0: i didn't know that yeah is it actually like does it grow similar to like a bush
1: or kind of it's real it, it looks kind of like a cedar log okay you know like it's a lot a lot, lot of different elbow bends in them and stuff like that so yeah they grow kind of funky they don't grow straight huh so not like aspen trees interesting but the but the wood though you know it took, took like an hour to get it going but once it goes man it's,
0: it's such insane. a wild thing i
1: never i
0: never really thought about different woods and the different densities and all those things but oh. now having a wood stove i'm like geeking on it
1: yeah you know my first night out when I first got this stove. Out, so I so I got this tent and a week later the stove showed up which was fine because the the tent came before I had any snow in any really cold weather and when the when the stove came I thought well I'll just go to the convenience store and grab a couple of those bundles of wood well you know you go through them in like five seconds because mm-hmm. that that wood is so dry mm-hmm. and I thought well this isn't going to cut it because I spent 25 bucks on wood yesterday and I went through it in like four hours and it has frozen the rest of the night so that's where I found that wood broker, and I was like, man, it's such a lifesaver. And then same thing with me. I started geeking out on different woods, and they'd be like, hey, we got like such and such wood. I'm like, I'll be right over. You know? yeah. I don't want to go over and get it tested in the stove, see how it worked. But it's cool how once you, once you get to know those different woods and, and how your stove works, you're like, oh, I got this.
0: And even parts of the tree, yep. like different knots and stuff will be more dense. or mm-hmm. um, Like we were looking at downed trees, and if they have a branch that's poking up, this i'm saying this like i know what i'm talking about but you just taught me this yesterday if the branches are like pointing up to the sky then all the pitch or the sap goes down to the bottom of it so then you can harvest that for
1: fat wood right? yeah yep. Yeah. and as long as the tree's not rotten on the ground you can you can still find that that uh, pitch in there in the sap because it's like it, it just stays there at that joint and it just eventually dries out but th- think about how long it would take for that to evaporate out of wood right you know, So it stays there for years and locks in and I, there's been times where i've been back here Camping in different spots, and I'll find a piece like a couple different joints like that of, of a tree joint, to where the branch is still sticking up and it's pointing towards the sky, and I'll maybe get like a whole foot of fat wood, and yeah, you can cut that up into like two pieces and throw in your stove to last all night. And in
0: case somebody doesn't know what fat wood is,
1: yeah, so fat wood is basically when a tree dies, there's still sap and everything inside it, and sap is really for pine sap is very very flammable, so. um here so she's giving us a look we got my dog uh, giving us uh, looks right now wondering what's going on so uh, but so the tree sap is really the pine sap is really flammable and when the tree dies you know it typically falls over and then the branches that are pointed up towards the sky all that sap just gravity pulls it down towards the where the where that branch kind of intersects the main root of the tree and so on that elbow there for whatever reason the pitch can't work its way through and on the, on its way to the ground so that sap just collects and with it being dense like that, it just stays locked in that wood. It's almost like if the wood was struck by lightning. Because when it strikes mm. by lightning, it instantly uh, takes all the sap and locks in the wood. And this creates a, a type of burning condition to where when, it lurks, when that light's on fire, all that sap comes out first of the wood. And I've looked in my stove after like two hours of burning hardwood, and the wood still looks perfect. But the sap is what's on fire because mm. it's, it's bubbling out of it. And so, so it's, it's
0: the same kind of stuff if you were to go get a fire start or the little fire starter sticks at a hardware store or whatever.
1: Yeah, those hardwood fires. That's that,
0: effectively fatwood,
1: right? Yep. Yeah, and that's that's processed fatwood. I believe they inject the sap into it and pressurize it in there and then right. heat it up and cook it in there. But it's the same thing. It's like, you know, it's it's amazing you can make like little toothpick style Like just shave like toothpicks, style sticks off there. Light it on fire, and it's like a match. Yeah. And then you blow it out, and you can light it on. You can relight it. That's what
0: we do with uh, the. If we are struggling to find good fire starters, we'll just pick some up at the hardware store Mm -hmm. in the little box. And then I'll take them and I'll process the fire starters into little tiny sticks. Yeah. And that's all that we need to get our stove going. I can process one fire starter stick into like five Or six stove lights,
1: yeah, and those last for a good couple of minutes. For so, sure. if you got your tinder broken up small enough, it, it'll catch on fire. And you know, I'm so impressed with that progression of your guys' camp, too. I was looking at it yesterday when I was got, out getting wood and I drove by, and like, it just looks so cool yeah. like the awning and just the stove and everything. You know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's cool to see that progression. It's same, same with my truck. I mean, my truck's Dude, come a long way.s and
0: the truck is sick thanks and you're getting a lot of parts for it too i
1: can't wait to get that man it's going to improve the import performance like crazy and once i get all the bumpers and everything redone and the winch installed and all that other stuff it's going to look even better for sure so i'm excited for that but it's it's fun when you're out here because you, you learn what you need like the stove for the stamp right. and all that stuff well it's,
0: dude we have you to thank for that oh well, thank like i didn't realize that you guys please said. check your humility but, <laughs> um, <laughs> well thanks man but the um it had we not played around with your wood stove i don't think we would have done that you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Because until that you, you
0: experience means. them in real life, it's you can't really get a feel for what it's like, but it totally is a game changer.
1: Yeah, because I, I have a lot of people that will message me and ask about propane. They say, well, what about propane heat? I'm like, it's not even close. It's, it's it, 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 it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm.
0: But if you're actually, like, full-time, if you're in uh, the winter at high elevation, you can't touch wood stoves. Like, yeah. they're just better.
1: Yeah, and, you know, with the lack of condensation propane propane, it's just wet.
0: Because the byproduct of burning propane is water vapor. <laughs> yep. Whereas mm-hmm. when you burn wood, it sucks moisture out of the air.
1: Right. And so I, I like the drying effect of it. Because over my stove, I'll do a laundry here in the wintertime by hand with that right. handbag. And then I just dry everything over the stove and it just turns out great.
0: And condensation is always a problem for us in the camp. That's primarily why we like such arid places. Mm-hmm. So then having all of that just be dried out is amazing. That's, that, that makes
1: sense, yeah. What's well, cool to to see how you guys have expanded beyond Colorado, because you just spent, what, the last year, better better part of a year a little bit more than Oregon? Yeah. Dude, I
0: it's crazy to think that we were there that long, but yeah, we were floating around Oregon for almost a year. Wow. And um, I, I always thought that Oregon, I almost don't even want to, Oregon sucks, don't go there. <laughs> um, but I almost want to hide how awesome it is, but Oregon's pretty cool. Mm. Like, I, I before going out there, I thought that it would be, super humid all the time but it's not on the east side of the cascades all of the moisture is sort of blocked from the ocean so if you go to the west side of the cascades it's like a rainforest Hmm. where you have all kinds of mushrooms and the um just like a wet climate whereas on the east side it's kind of like a high desert almost
1: oh i didn't realize that
0: yeah it's wild it was news to me wow but it's a lot lower elevation than it is here it's like four thousand ish no kidding but the in the mountains aren't as tall like i don't think they're much over 10 don't quote me on that but they're not as tall as they are here Mm -hmm. but they a lot of them hold snow all winter wow yeah, that's wild. That, that's that's different. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I, that, or they hold they hold snow all summer. Rather, when uh, I say winter. I don't know. Oh,
1: all summer. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's but wild. they're a lot lower. Like not nearly as tall as they are out here. Hmm. But I guess since they're so close to the ocean, mm-hmm. all that moisture just like rolls in and they catch it all.
1: Might be the first like hit. Yeah, you know,
0: where where the snow dumps. But yeah, that the, makes sense the the diversity of landscape in Oregon is fascinating because you have the ocean, you have rainforest, you have high desert then you have like actual sand desert and lots of water and lakes and stuff it's really cool do they
1: have lots of national parks there
0: um i don't know we steer clear of national yeah that's true i was just wondering but they have crater lake is one okay and we thought about going there but um ended up not because we were just trying to we when we were coming back to colorado just a few days ago we didn't realize that it was labor day Oh so that was That's kind right. of a kind of a bummer. Like once we hit the road it was like, Wait, this <laughs> is like the biggest camping weekend there is.
1: I was wondering where everybody was asking me what, what like what are you doing that weekend? I'm like, uh probably just camping. <laughs> yeah, I was like thing. I'm thinking like why are you why is everybody yeah. so interested in my schedule? Right. And it's the holiday weekend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we were on our way back and um realized that we wouldn't really be able to camp most places on the way, so we just kinda jet straight through. So we did it all the way from Oregon to Colorado in two days. Wow. and driving in the scamp we don't go over 60 so it's like it was two 12 hour driving drive-in days wow, so and we just pulled over days. and slept in the scamp mm-hmm. but yeah it wasn't bad and we love road trips but yeah but yeah oregon's really really cool i was i was blown away by it it's in contention for a place to buy land with mm-hmm. colorado yeah the beauty of colorado though is being from kansas city all of our friends and a lot of our friends and family are still in kansas city so just being closer to them mm-hmm. is really nice but Oregon's really pulling on us. Ideally, I would eventually like to be able to harvest a lot of our food from the wild and grow a good bit of it too in, our, in a garden. So being able to go to the coast and get uh, like a salmon run or yeah. go get different um, saltwater fish. And then they have all kinds of trout and they have elk. We, we saw an elk 15 minutes from the ocean wow yeah it's that's, crazy that's wild that was it blew me away i was I can't I had to like to check myself they have all kinds of things and the bears are less uh common than they are here which is interesting i don't mind bears though they're kind of fun to have around honestly
1: yeah i had i had a couple of camped the other day yeah so what was that like uh i was just sitting there and i was uh <clears throat> i was working on, on on my computer and i had the the back extension i was in the truck camping i had the back extension out and i had just got done eating a pretty big breakfast and And I heard some noise behind me and I thought it was Sierra running around. I turned around and looked, and up on the hill, there's this big cinnamon bear just walking along and it was looking down. And maybe you could tell it didn't know I have any business mm-hmm. coming down. And that's one thing I like about the, the black bears is, you know, the cinnamon bears are black bears too. For those who are listening, they're kind of like a red faced black bear. Yeah. Right? They look a little bit different, but they're still a black bear. And, and you know, black bears are so skittish. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen on YouTube, you can pull up videos of chihuahuas scaring them away from camp. Right. Like they literally freak out, but I equate them to possums. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Their action they're, feels they're, very similar they're very opportunistic but they wanted to just stay out of sight right and so the only time that i've ever been really leery of any black bears if a, if a cub is around mm. yeah but i had a day last year when i was working for the town of crest of butte when i was back there and uh last summer um on one of my days off i was truck camping up in Poverty Gulch, which is a great place for all the locals. They winters ski up there on the different mountains that are just epic, and then in the summertime they go and charge that river there, and there's this huge waterfall they dive off of. What their, do you mean by charge? Uh, they they get in their kayaks and just oh, run the river, okay. and they it's like a thirty or forty foot drop that they do. But anyway, back in that gulch, I had six bears in one day coming to camp. I thought I'm moving. Different a, bears? Yeah, different bears. Three of them in, in a group, and then three separate. So I had four separate instances. And like I turn around, there'd be a bear just standing there, like thirty feet from me, grunting at me. And I'm like get out of here, and then they run off, and I'm like, all right, I, the, like they all come down from this one area. How does Sierra react? Um, she freaked out, but she was on a leash, and she was start barking and stuff. And as soon as she gets aggressive, the bears just take off. Mm-hmm. So it's a great deterrent. Yeah, and also a good radar because we aren't. A, you know, yeah, we're not. We're too not yeah, we're not. We got the human factor, you know the the. Just water bags walking around, no <laughs> no senses. Totally. Just <laughs> completely vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oblivious out here it's just it's just good to have a dog around i mean that's sixth sense especially since i'm solo mm-hmm. you know it's there's a lot of times where i'm thankful to have sierra with me because i i'd be like man if i was here by myself it's like a unfamiliar area it's at night you know, you don't know if there's bears around that's a mountain lions so elsa went
0: to uh, hang out with her summer friends a few weeks ago and her sister primarily so i was at the scamp by myself and it's not often that I'm solo uh-huh. with, but I have the dog there and having the dog just feels so much. I can't imagine being alone
1: without a dog. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that would be really hard. I, you know, for me being solo, Sierra's my company. Right. You know, it's like a heart, it's like a warm a heartbeat that I can talk to. Right. And that makes all the difference in the world. I think totally. Cause if I was out here by myself, I think, I think it'd be hard to not get mentally kind of, Beat down, mm-hmm. you know, because there's some there. You need interaction with something, right? You can't just be solo all the time. We're human, and I think the way we're built, you know, it's we gotta have varying levels of interaction for for varying people. But, totally, but it's still some level of it. You can't just have none of it, right? So I think the internet helps, yeah, a lot. And having the internet access unlimited is just yeah ideal out here. It's game changer. Yeah, it makes it so fun. And and, and it's like you don't feel guilty for getting on and just. Being online for a long time and right. just chatting with friends or whatever, you can't, you don't, know, you're not like, oh yeah, I, I gotta worry, watch out for my data, right?
0: So yeah, or that- even watching YouTube and stuff because it's that's part of what we do yep you know so i think it's important to have that sort of freedom to mm-hmm. geek out and watch some youtube videos and figure out like how other people are doing it and absolutely things, yeah it's gain it's, inspiration and stuff
1: totally there's so many different people i watch I me mean, you guys obviously i watch your channel the the foresty forest again the minivan up I'm in canada familiar. oh dude you gotta follow him he he totally got the inside of this tiny little minivan and made a total apartment Oh, cool. yeah, and he and he goes out and does insane hikes in the wintertime, does all these crazy winter hiking in Canada. Wow. Yeah. Canada
0: I'm I want to go out there soon. I do too. But we, yeah, can't, we can't
1: get in right now because of COVID. Oh, yeah. But. It's a little wild right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Well my friend from Full Alaskan, Send Overland, uh, he was trying to come down and meet up with me and Phil last week and he got to the Canadian border and they wouldn't let him through. Wow. And, and he had a he actually had a a, a, a surgery scheduled in, in Georgia I his ACL repaired. At his parents' place, because his parents are from Georgia, they wouldn't let him through to Canada, even huh. even with a medical
0: note. That's yeah, it's kind of kind of scary. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's not go there though. Nah. <laughs> there's there's so many cans of worms oh, to yeah. open that it's just totally.
1: Uh, but you know, back to lot. back to the social media though, it is it is an anchor for me out here. Yeah. To stay sane because I couldn't imagine I I just couldn't imagine being completely isolated out here. I love telling the story of being out here. I know you guys do too. Totally. And so part of, part of being out here, part of the fun of it, I think is figuring out different ways to present this material to where people can easily digest it. Yeah. You know, cause it's, it's different than living in the city, obviously. And, oh, yeah. and, and a lot of times I have to like check myself because I make assumptions that people know what I'm talking about, but I have to like step, step back like three or four steps and really explain things thoroughly. So it's fun to like figure out that process on how to do it. Totally. Oh, I love it.
0: It's an interesting, it's, I've learned so much out here, but I feel like a lot of it, you have to do it to learn that. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult to articulate a lot of the lessons.
1: Yeah. I, I tell people it's like trying to explain a haircut over the phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <like> it's almost <laughs> impossible a, to do. Excellent analogy. <laughs> yeah.
0: So unless you have a haircut recorded. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, you're, you're right though. It's um all of these experiences. We were talking before we hit record about how the perspectives gained out here can only be gained from doing this, mm-hmm. you know, and, I know that kind of sounds probably obvious. I, I don't know if that's the right word by, by saying that. But, but really, it's like, there's no way that I could have grown like this being in my former environment to the level that I have at this point. And do you feel, uh, somebody, I did a solo cast
0: recently and someone asked how living in the scamp has changed me. Yeah. Uh, that was a hard question to answer, but I'm interested to hear how living on the road mm-hmm. and like being a nomad has changed you, if at all.
1: Oh gosh, it's changed me so much. I mean, I look back at the person I was when I started living this way and I'm completely different, you know, and I think the biggest thing is with living this way is the exposure to other people that are living this way too, and what their stories are, because everybody's got a different story. Mm -hmm. And it really makes you open your eyes when you meet all these people from different walks of life, but they have the same passion that you have for traveling and seeing outdoors and maybe going on hikes and being in nature. And you realize that, we're not really all that different yeah you know and uh living out here as a way of kind of purifying what is important to you and eliminating what isn't and it becomes really clear after a while i think after being on the road of like what is good in your life and what is dragging you down interesting yeah at least that, that that's what's that's what's happened in my life and it's just been so great to eliminate a lot of those do negative th- influences do you think it's
0: more visceral because you have more time to think i think so like, you can, you just got to sit with it.
1: Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm, and with me being solid here, like, especially if I go backpacking and I'm away from anything, like, I have to sit there with my thoughts. And there's a lot of times I'll do that intentionally because I know that's when I grow, mm-hmm. but it's not always comfortable. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of times I'll get back there and I'll get hung up on something and I'll, and I'll be in a bad mood.
0: Right. It's almost like when you eat too much edibles or something. Exactly. It's, it's <laughs> uncomfortable. It's a bad time. And in you know the it's going to last a while. <laughs> yeah, but then you you learn a lot of lessons from it. You yeah. know? It's kind of the same, same deal. Like that uncomfortable exposure.
1: Yeah, and, and what the biggest lesson that I've learned from it is if I just keep pushing, I can get through it. Right. And so a lot of times out here, you know, we're tested with the weather and circumstance and stuff like that. And it'd be easy just to go and sit on a couch somewhere, but we don't have that option. Right. And so it, it brings out, I think, living this way and does all the different things. It brought out so many different qualities and traits that I had in me that I didn't think were possible. And I just love the perspective gain. I feel like, uh, I feel like being out here allows me to be a better person, and that's my gift to the world. Because I'm, I'm in a better mood, and I'm nicer to people. Yeah. And so I feel like this is doing this helps me be better for society. That's a
0: brilliant perspective because I sometimes feel guilt,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like especially with all the craziness happening recently and everybody going through so much hardship. And I feel like semi unaffected.
1: Yeah, I I do kind of feel like that as well. But then
0: being able to be that sort of escape for people and f- for people to be able to tune into our content and be like okay cool yeah you know like they can unplug from all the craziness i think that's part of our contribution
1: and it's so great to get those comments from, from people because they're not expected and then you get them and you're like oh thanks like i had this one person tell me they're like every day i have a bad day because work is really challenging right now and i know when i come home i can tune into one of your videos and it's always puts me in a, in a peaceful mood and i'm like that makes me feel great. Yeah. You know, cause I want to share this and I want to share the experience with people. And I know that you, you and Elsa feel the same way because it does bring you happiness and it brings you joy and totally. it brings you a sense of peace that you haven't found in other, other uh, lifestyles or other ways of living. And, you know, at a time when a lot of people are going through through bad stuff, I feel fortunate to be in this spot. But I also feel like it's my duty to create content, yeah, and create as much as possible during this time to help people get their minds off it and give them that outlet. Because I remember when I was going through tough times, and you know, it's not always been easy on the road. We've talked about how we've had some challenges. And <laughs> yeah, it, and, we could we could talk about that. Yeah, we could go on for hours. <laughs> the multi part series we have here is... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but. uh you know, there were times where it was Bill Burr and Joe Rogan and Dan Carlin and all those different podcasters that got me through. Yeah. And they, did, they didn't have to create that content, but mm-hmm. they did. And it's like, that it would keep me going. And uh, so I feel like that's kind of, it's my turn to give back.
0: That's fascinating. That's a really cool perspective. Oh. It's like kind of lighting me on fire. You're just oh, wow, dude. <laughs> it's, cold, dude. it's working. It's working on a personal level.
1: Well, and I hope too, with sharing these experiences, I've had some people come at me and say, well, you know, not everybody should go camp, but that's not my message. You know, my no. message is to find your own brand of happiness. Right. And this is my brand of happiness. I know this is your brand of happiness, but it's not for everybody. Right. And nor do we want it to be for everyone. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, everybody's got something inside of them that they love. And, and, I, and I think that hopefully with what's going on right now with the big reset button that everybody's having to push is maybe a lot of people can dive into that mm-hmm. and realize that if they dedicate their time and energy to something, they, that it could be fruitful and also like rewarding yeah like that's the biggest thing is I don't, I don't want to put my effort towards some job or career or industry that i don't believe in anymore right and so doing this it's like i believe in this right. and I, that's why i don't mind putting out content all the time and i, I know y'all feel the same way
0: yeah it's that was uh, i always struggled with that um working for i don't know building different websites and stuff for different companies and just feeling like it wasn't it didn't talk to my soul if yeah. anything, it, like, pulled energy from my soul, you know? So now I feel like with a lot of the things that we do, I am energized by it, and it's actually doing good for the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not just sort of a regressive running on the treadmill. It's, like, doing positive. It's, like, having positive ripples. Yeah. Or at least I perceive it as so.
1: Oh, dude, I mean, you guys have made positive. Uh, you've had positive impact on my life. And likewise. And, and I, I, like, I remember the first time that we camped together, and, and I met you, and I was just like, "These are cool people." Like, yeah. and we're from we're both from Kent. We're all from Kansas. I was yeah. like this is great, you know, because us Midwest people, we gotta stick together. Right. And, and it's been so fun to see the progression, and, and you both grow. And then you know we're we're both like on these trajectories towards similar paths. They're but sort of paralleling. Yeah, but they we're doing it different ways, but they're, yeah. but they're still there. And then we meet up and we cross over, and, right. and it's just, it's like living like this. Is like it's like en- it's like engaged life. It's like you're engaged with everyday living, as opposed to just going through a routine that you don't believe in. Because that's what I used to do.
0: Something that I realized earlier today, or I said to Elsa, was with the snow rolling in and everything. The little bit of adversity, or a little bit of challenge, or vulnerability, or that like edgy feeling of okay so nose dumping we got to figure this out yeah
1: i love that uh, i do you too
0: because like living in the city i barely very rarely got pushed mm-hmm. and i think that's why i plugged into video games so hard i
1: think i did because it was like
0: well this is the only way that i can like push my logical aptitude mm-hmm. versus living like this now we're in a blizzard and i gotta like make sure that everything's clicking and like yep. figure everything out so that we're like safe yep. you know yeah and, i love it and it's fun like that's part of the draw for winter
1: yeah, yeah totally i love the dynamic nature of winter and and also to the reliance on we got have the stove and there's, there's some certain key elements which that's one thing when I first started truck camping. I really liked it. it. Was like, okay, I need shelter. I need food. I need water. I need gas in my truck. I can get those four bases covered pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Then I have all this extra time to think about like different things, read books, consider different viewpoints listen to podcasts that have viewpoints that are different than mine so I can grow and challenge my brain. And then also too, like all the backcountry stuff I like doing. I mean, you know, I'm texting you last, a uh, couple of days ago, I'm in every different Creek all along that County <laughs> down there. Every time I'm tired I'm at this spot now. You're like, dude, well, you're going yeah. to everything. That's what I do every day. Yeah. And so I just love going out there and exploring and seeing this stuff. And so it's just, it's awesome. I do the same. I will just
0: plug in a podcast or blast some music and drive around in the forest for hours Yeah. and just pinpoint different potential camping locations and stuff. And I just have so much fun with that.
1: Yeah. That's one of my favorite pastimes. Yeah. By by far. And, and then you find those epic spots and then you go there. And if no one ever drives by, you're like, Dude. it's so rewarding. <laughs> Time Well spent. Right. Yeah, uh, That's just the best. But you know, like during these times though, like I was saying, I just feel like, like it's my duty to put out content. Cause I, I, I do feel lucky. And we were talking about this before the podcast, how doing, doing content creation right now, at least right now, who knows what the future holds, but right now it seems like it's somewhat unaffected largely um Mm -hmm. by what's going on
0: well and if any if we're being honest it's almost positively affected
1: yeah because
0: more people are watching youtube and listening to things and stuck wherever they're stuck you know and
1: i I couldn't imagine like in my case you know living in orange county before i made all these changes in my life and coming back to colorado i couldn't imagine being in orange county now It'd be like a pressure cooker with all those people and stuff like that and that's where i feel like you know for years when i when i first hit the road I think the reason why I, I I did side gigs all the time is because I wanted to legitimize what I was doing because I had so much pressure from family and friends saying like you need to get a real job. Like yeah. you're wasting your life and all that stuff and now it's like I feel like I'm validated. I don't I don't want anybody to be hurting with what's going on and i'm not focusing on that at all but i feel like the steps and the changes that i've made and i'm sure you probably feel the same way it's like we made the right steps because we're not being affected by this now it's like we're truly almost independent even though we still have a employer which is like
0: and we have to go to the grocery store and everything still
1: yeah yeah and so it's like it's a great um position to be in but i wish more people were in that spot totally you know because i don't want to see the the pain Right. right now but but i do feel justified in you know, adopting minimalism and living in my truck for so long and living beneath my means. And And learning how to be frugal. Yeah. And learning to be 100% happy with it. You know, because I think a lot of times... At least I was this way. When I was in the corporate world, a lot of my happiness was equated to what I owned. Mm-hmm. And if I couldn't buy that one thing at one, at one time or afford that vacation that was going on, I would get down on myself. Sure. I'm like, this is just consumerism. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's weird how coming out of your changes all that. It, it's wild, too, how
0: when you step out of that, people try to like pull pull you back in. Yep. You know? And yeah. It's like, well, I I don't want that. But mm-hmm. it's... I, I don't know what that is. Like, it's hard to...
1: I don't either. And I've had people hit me up and say like, well, when you're done doing that and when you get back to being an adult or, you know, not that harsh, but basically saying that I'm like, this is, this is it. Like I've, I feel like this is my niche yeah, and that this is, I've hit my stride. But with the, the hard thing initially is
0: that if you're going to build mechanisms around what you actually love to do, Mm -hmm. it's going to take a lot more time to gain momentum in that.
1: Absolutely. It took me five years. Yeah. Whereas if
0: you were to just be leveraging any financial opportunity that came across your path or stay in things that uh, didn't speak to your soul, you could build momentum and income a lot more quickly that way.
1: Yeah. But it may detract from the experience. And so that's that's why I went the long route. Because I was like, you know, if I have that backup with a foot in the corporate world or or, or or something similar to that, I can I know I can work that system to right. make a, a living, but I'm like, that's there's a reason why I left it. And so I'm the sort of person where I have to make all those, I have to like burn those bridges. So like in the industry I was in, I was kind of an ass to people when I left, because I'm like, if I'm not addicted to these people, I'll come back to this and I know they'll accept me and I'll it'll be my door back in. I need to shut all those doors because I have to make this happen. Mm-hmm. So I shut all those doors. Hmm. I made sure that I wasn't able to be... Accepted in that community again because I talked bad about people that treated people poorly But it was my decision to do that because I knew that if I did that Which was a character flaw on my behalf, But if I knew that if I did that I wouldn't go back Because mm-hmm. I would just I because if I tell them I will never come back here. I won't do it hmm. and so I did that and then I also put online when I was gonna hit the road I was like if I don't put this out there, I won't do it So I just one day I just got up enough courage Probably had a beer at lunch or something and just like i'm hitting the road in three weeks and that's what got me on the road Hmm because I was like, i got, I got to make a jump. If I don't do it now, I won't do it.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Ours was uh, more, well, I don't know if it was more, but it was pretty premeditated and it was a matter of practicality almost, you know, because yeah, so renting what? and everything was just so expensive.
1: Yeah. Was that, was that the motivation was to like uh, kind of see adventure, but also financially just kind of start saving up and stuff? More than
0: like see the world, honestly. Well, I'd always been drawn to nature, you mm. know, my whole life, but... It was, we looked at tiny houses and everything and tried to find different mechanisms to satisfy our shelter need. And it was just so expensive. And even tiny houses were so expensive and like the land to put them on and all these things. So just getting in a little camper for under four grand was like a pretty smart way to do it, we felt.
1: How how long
0: were you guys looking for before you settled on the scamp? um a few months at least six months something like that okay. but we had looked at tiny houses and entertained those different ideas and even looked at like sticks and bricks tiny houses or like smaller homes in Kansas city and mm-hmm. talked about trying to finance those and stuff. But both of us working for ourselves, it was like, yeah, yeah kick rocks, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So but like,
1: Oh, do you have a million dollars in the bank that you can yeah, put that as a as right. like collateral for this? No, It's more like what's
0: your <laughs> debt record? Like, like uh, they don't care how much money you have in the bank. It's I, more, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's I'm being um, <laughs> pessimistic, but it seems like that matters more. But anyway, we looked at a number of different solutions for that And then uh, we looked at campers for a while, and it just kind of clicked. But when we moved into this camp, we didn't even realize that National Forest and BLM land was really a thing. Mm. We were thinking that we would have to rent a spot somewhere and just do it that way. And then we figured this, like, that you can travel around in BLM and National Forest land and camp for free. We were thinking we would either have to be in an RV park for a while or something. Yeah. But, yeah, it just worked out swimmingly and um
1: because you know
0: we've just kept rolling with it
1: when you land in a good spot too when you start out in central colorado because it's yeah. really ideal for vehicle camping and it is and, uh, or it know, was now it's yeah been it's, out it's, it's, it's it's overrun yeah. now but it, but you know like, like the access and the ease but it's a great way to that was a great place for both of us to cut our teeth totally and then we just expanded from there it was like you know you went to oregon last year i spent time in new mexico utah and arizona and the Mogollon Rim is where I was at in Arizona. Holy cow. It's a 200-long geological feature that is like the most insane cliff that you can camp around the edge. And what elevation is that? 6,000. Okay. So it goes from 6 to 7. Okay. So it's pretty nice because it's it, it holds... It, it, gets, it gets warmer earlier than here. So the shoulder season down there starts like in March, whereas here it starts like in April or May. And so the shoulder season down there actually starts like in February. And then you can go until about... Until about, about a part of April before it gets too hot. But insane camping down there. Hmm. And no one around, really, at that time. You, you get a little bump on the weekend from Phoenix, you know? But you get up around Pine and Strawberry, Arizona, and That's that's a nice area. I like it up there. Cool. And then over on, the, over on the New Mexico border, there's a lot of stuff and no one goes there. There
0: is so much land in the West. Oh, God. Like, I'll be sitting out and looking over just vast expanses yeah. and thinking about how expensive land is and how we all compete for it and everything. And it's just pretty ridiculous really yeah because there's so so
1: much i was blown away when i was in southern new mexico and you'd look out on the soro desert and you just look out for as far as i can see and it's all public land and i mean you can see for miles like 20 30 miles straight line all the way around there's all these cool old uh extinct volcanoes everywhere these mountains and stuff just rising out of the desert floor and then there's like wilderness areas down there that go up to like ten thousand feet in elevation. I'm just going, what? Like every time I travel to a new area, I'm flo- I'm floored because there's something. Right. There's even stuff like in the Midwest that people don't know about. Nebraska, Western Nebraska is awesome. People don't even know it. Stuff really? like oh yeah, Western Nebraska is great. All those all those national grasslands out there. San Isabel National Forest has cimarron grasslands out there. Really. Part of the ne- some part of San Isabel. I didn't know that. Yep. And you found some cool stuff in Kansas too. Yeah, there's a bunch of good stuff, especially on the Flint Hills Scenic Byway. All that stuff through there from Manhattan all the way down to like uh, Matfield Green, which is. And where is this
0: running south? Yeah. Like and it's on Northwest Highway or North South Highway? Yeah,
1: yeah North South Highway. And it goes to the old area where that the natural grassland is still standing. And that's the National Park in Kansas, the Tallgrass Prairie National Preserve. Hmm. It's wild to go in there and see everybody with their National Park Service uniforms on. You're like, Kansas? <laughs> huh. I but, didn't
0: know that that was a thing. Yeah.
1: Got it it's Kansas. got 42 miles of hiking trails and it's got like four or five rivers you can fly fish in there. It's got one of the last three herds of genetic pure bison in the world what yeah it's quite. you get back in there a ways when you get away from the highway and you can't hear it and there's all these rivers and stuff and you go in the fall when the leaves are changing color and the whole grass the grasses change different color the, the tall grass they'll change like purples and reds and yellows and blues it's crazy All that color changes, and if you hit it at the right time, you're like, dude, this is the wildest thing I've ever seen. And it's Hmm. dead silent back in there. What kind of fish do they have that you can fly fish for? Uh, It's like smallmouth bass. They have largemouth bass, too. But smallmouth bass, and then a type of chub fish, and then like a starfish. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're I'm
0: fish- picturing like ocean starfish.
1: No, 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 not like that. It's like, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sunfish, not starfish. Sunfish, what about okay. Starfish. <laughs> sorry, I'm a little tired. I'm up three thirty making these videos, but uh yeah, it's cool because like the smallmouth bass are fun to fun to catch. They're, yeah. you know, you think you get like a whopper on the line, you get it in, and it's like a six inch. Like, what so they fight like a
0: sunfish, and
1: technically aren't they related? Like they're know.
0: different than a largemouth bass, I believe. I'm I don't a, know. I'm. Throwing a log on the fire, oh, it's real quick.
1: It seems like it's dying down a little
0: bit. And if you hear all the background noise, like, um, it sounds kind of like, I don't know, what does it sound like? It uh, kind of sounds almost like feedback or fuzz, but yeah, it's all the snow like and... The
1: no- yeah, they're hitting the tent there. Right. Yeah, so tent. there's
0: snow just beating on the tent. It sounds like white noise. Yeah. yeah. And then the stove's crackling too, so. Sorry, we're just in the best conditions ever but not necessarily (laughs) for a
1: podcast (laughs) we're making it real
0: today but please excuse please excuse that our studio isn't ideal so how much snow has accumulated in the last 30 minutes it's Uh, completely covered the tent it seems brighter though is it not doesn't it seem brighter Oh, not to me. It seems a little bit darker. Okay, well. It
1: seems well. brighter out there, though. It could be yeah. a, It could be if the sun's poking through the clouds a little bit reflecting off the snow. It, yeah. it makes it always like that. But, yeah, it, since I got here,
0: what, an hour, hour and a half ago, we got, all of my footprints were
1: gone. Mm-hmm. And that area that I covered in the front there, which I was like, oh, I'm going to clean off an area for you to... To uh, so you can come in the tent, it's completely pulled back in now. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's I mean, early September. This is insane. Yeah, look at the side here. I mean, I'm getting up to a foot here in some of these drifts that are on the side. Right. Of the tent, so it should be up some good insulation tonight. I'm gonna need to get more wood though, and find my axe. (laughs) (laughs) We'll
0: find that when the snow melts. So you actually misplaced it out in the
1: snow somewhere?
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, I saw it in here.
1: Oh no, it's right here. Yeah, yeah. Oh sweet, I saw the green. Oh dude, I'm so (laughs) stoked. Also, I won't die tonight. That'll be good.
0: All right, cool. You can come sleep on the bench in the game. You, <laughs> you guys can hurt kill
1: me all night. I <laughs> can take a video. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's scared. <Yeah.
0: laughs> Off-grid, back adventures, my ass.
1: Yeah, the hotel was booked, and you can't <laughs> right there. He's crying. Oh, his big
0: oh. old truck can't make it through the snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 31-inch
1: tires. He's cool just throwing stuff at me. He goes, <laughs> <Yeah. Lizard. laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you know what, though? It's like, Like living this way, I, I I hate to say it, but I kind of feel, I I feel like, like living like a nomad has both really, really benefited my life, but also too, there's a, there's, there's one negative element to it and it feels a little bit of a disassociation with the normal society Hmm. because of, I'll go back into town or whatever and I'll have not seen the news for eons. I'll run into so and so or whatever, and, and they'll say, "Did you see, hear what happened?" And I'm like, "No." If you don't, if you don't give it your attention, it can't consume you. Right. And that's the way I, I view anything that's divisive these days. It's like you know, it's good to it's good to be mindful of what's going on, but to, to not take ownership of it. Sure. And I see so many people doing that, um, and I used to do it when I was in that environment. And I came out here and I realized that, that that's not necessary in life. And it's actually a huge hindrance because you can get hung up on stuff that you literally have no control over. And it you get, spikes your anxiety. Yeah. And, and then your social interactions with others at a time when we see it right now, could be aggressive, it could be hypercritical and stuff like that. And so, you know, being out here, I love the lessons that I've learned, but I wish that I could instantly communicate that to others that haven't had this experience so that they could maybe have um a bright a broader perspective on some some topics because i see a lot of things that are being said um you know just in conversations or online or whatever and i'm just thinking like man as a society we're almost there but we got to get past that last hurdle right you know and and if we did and everybody had better communication and and all those things and 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 a more and a more like self-fulfilling life yeah i I think that there'd be so much more good that came from that totally
0: I think a lot of it, though, is our pursuit of money, and uh, money as a scorekeeping mechanism. Yep. And that, like, that's your only solace, is having lots and lots of money.
1: Yeah, imagine if or, that was love instead. Like,
0: right. Yeah. Or just, like, showing other people how much money that you have.
1: Totally. It's like the keeping up with the Joneses is the, yeah. is literally the the most pointless and foolhardy thing to do yeah because no
0: one cares but everybody's doing it yep like it's it's hard to step away from that because you you get some ridicule
1: yeah no well i got it when i stepped away from mine i feel like my generation really kind of bought hook line and sinker the the american marketing machine of buy a new house every or buy a new car every two years when you get a chance to upgrade that house to a bigger house and constantly refinance it yeah and constantly you know just get into more debt and unfortunately a lot of people that i know did that i didn't ever really do that which i'm, I'm thankful i didn't go that route but I, I feel i i hope that other generations underneath us can learn from my generation's mistake of like the overconsumption right because when i did the 180 i mean like dude when i lived in california i was a completely different person as far as spending habits and consumption habits and all that stuff and if you and if they were to take that person then and put it in this environment i'd freak out i wouldn't know what to do but I realized after a while that all well, those. Well, no,
0: like the inverse is the same. where if you take you oh, yeah. and put you in that environment, you would freak <laughs> so out.
1: I would not be. I, I would not do well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just. Uh, I think what's 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 awesome about this is life is so interesting when you take the chance, mm. you know, and you and you and you put you throw caution to the wind, you have faith in yourself, and you go for something, and then when it works out, it's so satisfying. But there is
0: a level of calculation.
1: Of course. Like there, yeah. it, when neither
0: neither of us is a super like whimsical personality Mm. that's just like, well, you know, just, just trust the wind (laughs) and then here we go. Yeah. Like, like, you know,
1: just It's trail magic Uh, every day. Like my, my car magically just (laughs) has gas in it. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) I mean, it'd be like, oh,
0: if it did Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah, maybe it does, maybe we're just not woke enough to see (laughs) that all of it will just happen the way that it does. But, um, I think both of us are more calculated. So it's not just that Everything just worked out. It's, like, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of thought and a lot of, like, pre-calculation, too. Yeah. Um, And that can sort of be... Well, now that it's working, it's harder to see those types of things, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I I think, too, there's also an element of luck any time that... a thousand percent. Yeah, because, like, meeting meeting you and Elsa and then just other people that I met, like, with Phil, with Down to Mob, and, and other... Uh, people that are doing the same thing we do and also uh, creating content. It's like we all learn from each other. Yeah. I I never had an idea of doing like a lifestyle video about what I did until I hung out with you guys. Hmm. And I was like, oh, you do lifestyle? Is I'm like, wonder if people would be interested in what I do behind the bang Yeah, because I was just doing like how to run a stove and it's or well, whatever.
0: Like people like that more, like mm-hmm. vlogs. Mm-hmm. If we're just living in the scamp. yeah, and like let a camera on ourselves people like that more than if we put a bunch of effort into a video to like make it so that you can take something away from it and learn something yeah people are like get that out of here i just want to see you be alive
1: yeah it's like huh i I never thought people would be interested in me cooking breakfast yeah but they they love it and yeah and 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 if they do that's great i i like i I want to show very much
0: appreciate it yeah you know
1: and it's just um it's it's just yeah it's interesting to see what people actually tune into and then try to deliver you know yeah so but it's, it's, uh, I never thought my life would be this way. And, I, and and I, ironically enough, when I was living in Southern California, I had a surf buddy, his name is Casey Eidsvold. And we'd just go out and surf almost every day. <laughs> and so, um, one day he was telling me, he's like, yeah, my buddy Reed, uh, in Northern California, he quit his job so he could live in his truck or he, he, uh, he canceled his apartment or he canceled his lease so he could live in his truck and surf every morning before work. I'm like, well, what does he do? I'm like, he's a teacher. I'm like, do you think people are going to be cool with him being homeless? And why would anybody ever live in their truck? You mm-hmm. know, and I, I literally got hung up on that, thinking like, why would someone choose to live in their truck, and then like a decade later, I'm doing it. It's
0: interesting. <laughs> I wonder if you had a sort of adverse response to it because it hit a nerve. Like, I, I kind of want to do that.
1: Yeah, like, I, it must have because I—I I, I distinctly remember going. Why would you do that? Like yeah. it's like I can literally remember. I can put myself in that spot right now in that conversation and bring it back like it was yesterday.
0: I wonder if that planted the seed. It could have. And then you <laughs> stewed on it. And you're like,
1: D- I know why you would live in the truck. <laughs> we gotta do this, dude. Yeah, I'm I gonna gotta live make in this. a truck. Yeah. So it's um, it's just I don't know. Life's fun like that. And I I don't know about you all, but did you have like a s like a time frame as to when you planned to build the road? Because I was only going to do it for a year. Oh, I when.
0: I don't. I think we were uh, honest enough to not have a direct sort of time frame, uh, yeah. you know, and just kind of go with whatever we learn and just go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have never anticipated being on the road for as long as we have been, or no. even living in the scamp for more than a year or so. We were thinking maybe we would explore around and uh, like find a place to. Buy land or settle down like super quick.
1: Mm -hmm. Not even super quick, but
0: maybe a year. But it's just been like there's so much to see Mm -hmm. and so much to learn. And over time, we're just honing this way of living in more and more. So it's like I don't want to pivot to something else quite yet because I feel like there's a lot more to learn and optimize Mm -hmm. in the way that we're doing it.
1: Well, and I think it's interesting too how. Both both you and Elsa and then myself, we, we have small setups that mm. aren't that aren't the most comfortable. But the convenience of having our setups is we can get to more places that other right. people can't. And we learned the importance of that after being on the road for a while. That, yeah, it'd be great to have a freaking one of those incredible Mercedes Sprinter bands that has everything on, on the inside with a full shower and all that stuff. But they can't go where we're at right now. Right. So that's where... Being on the road, I, you know I first my first year I was I was thinking like okay I'll I'll just be on the road for a year and then I'll settle down to mountain town somewhere. And then after that first year I'm like well I'm gonna upgrade to a massive vehicle and all that stuff. And I just keep what, sticking with what, what I What were I you thinking? I was thinking about going with like a full size either like a like a Cummings, you know Ram because mm-hmm. those things those engines run, run forever. Run forever. Yeah. And the 6.5, uh, 6.5 foot bed has tons of options for campers because the five foot bed doesn't have much. So I was thinking that or a full size Tundra um, like one of the newer ones which is pretty big. And they're very big. Yeah, they're just. And the thing is, they're, they're honestly they're too big. Mm-hmm. I think. And so, you For, know, sti- but people don't. It's hard to consider that.
0: Yeah. Before, like, even people want us to get bigger trucks all the time rather than our Subaru. Yeah. And I get that. But at the same time, we can squeeze into teeny tiny places between trees and everything. Yep. And it unlocks a lot of campsites that would otherwise just be tent camping sites.
1: Yeah, and that's just it. And I don't want to camp with people. Right. Like, I, I don't have anything against humans. I like humans, but. <laughs> you know, I, that, more and more, like, when we first started, we would camp
0: in, effectively, like, campgrounds in forest land. Yeah. Uh-huh. But now if there's anybody near us, it's like, man, like, uh, I'll just say, oh, <laughs> it's weird. I don't, but it's not that I would love to just go over and hang out with them and talk to them and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, I just feel like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but more and more, I want to be further and further out.
1: Yeah. That's the, that's the same thing that happened to me. Well, after like year two, I was like, you know, I think I just want to start getting this, I'm going to try to get as far deep in there as possible, you know, without screwing up my track. Sure. And, uh, and finding those, those spots on the edge that are just, just where I can reach. Mm-hmm. I can't go past it. And then I started finding all these great places to fish back in there and good hiking trails and no one really goes on to that stuff. And I'm, I'm like, wow, there's a whole another world back in there yeah but you know you got to get off of the two-wheel drive a lot of it too is you
0: got to get out of cell signal
1: yeah that's the biggest one you know
0: how we can cheat that is (laughs) we can just get just outside a mile or two and then we can put up the wee boost and still yeah be able to work and
1: stuff that's so convenient. and then what's nice about that is when you turn it off you, you literally have peace and quiet because you don't have service
0: dude that's been a huge thing for us is just taking like when we were in Montana and we took, uh, I don't know, it was like five days or something and, uh, just didn't have service at all. And we were super deep into the wilderness.
1: That's so awesome. It
0: was, uh, I don't I, There's something about not being able to contact the rest of the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, it puts me in the now immediate, like totally. uh, fully to where I, I don't even have the option to consider a text message coming across or an email or even
0: listening to a podcast or mm-hmm. watching a video or any of those things. Yeah. Or even calling a friend. There's something about that that is, I don't know, it makes me feel more alive. And there's a level of vulnerability to it that makes it exciting, too.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's probably great for when you're, you know, with also with you for both your relationship. When totally. You're, when you're, when you're, when you don't have any distractions or something like that, it's kind of like life boils down to just the basics. Yeah. And you're able to really focus in on stuff. And we have to be present. Mm-hmm. And, like, interact with each other. You know, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, That's the biggest thing. A lot of people are just distracted all the time. They don't even do a self-check. Right. And I was thinking about that before. And I've been there. And yeah. I, I
0: think, for me, part of it was intentional. Because mm-hmm. if I would, like, plug into what I really think and how I really feel really uncomfortable to do that.
1: Yeah. And that's actually... That, that was one of the things I worked on when I got out here. Because I needed to some time alone to figure out stuff. I, I, I got burned in the corporate world a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I just got jaded from it. I was pissed off about it. And I was like, I need to get that energy out of my life. Yeah. And I got it out of my life through fly fishing.
0: Interesting. And
1: so, because fly fishing is so much more, uh, you have to have so much more focus compared to normal uh, spin casting. So I would go back there and I'd forget about my problems. It's
0: like active meditation.
1: Yeah. Because you're, you're literally, you got to key in on everything and you can't break focus. If yeah. you do, it's like, well, you got to just kind of start over again. So it's kind of like meditation in that regard to where if you do lose focus, you can just start right back up and just start all over again. And then I would go up there and I'd have like days where I wouldn't think about any of the negative stuff that had happened. That's, that's the key right there. Now that's the purifying thing that's helping me get past this. It's restored my faith in humanity being out here. And even at a time when humanity is not doing that great, I still have a lot more faith now than I did prior to, to this. I, I feel the same way. And especially now with everybody being so
0: polarized, especially politically, but at the same time, I feel like in just about anyone, how, no matter how radical one way or the other they are, if they were to sit down in the tent with us with the wood stove going and like go on a long walk in the snow, yep. I feel like we would come to a mutual sort of understanding on things. Yeah. Like I think we all have a sort of fundamental yearning and we're all going for the same thing, but it's so easy to be like superficially divided you know yeah,
1: oh absolutely and 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 the distractions nowadays there's so many of them i mean all you have to do is turn on your phone and you could be distracted for years yeah <laughs> you know i mean literally right and that was one thing i found when i got out here because i didn't have the full uh, unlimited internet we didn't and gate. i think
0: starting out it's probably best to not
1: yeah and and that was hard but yeah. but, but it, you know what it did is it forced me to cut those tethers to like going into town every day and, and, and getting online all day long. And or just,
0: even uh, just being available. So when yeah. somebody texts you, it's like, okay, I, I'm expecting for him to get back to me right now.
1: I was going to say, I've, I've had so many people get mad at me about that. And I'm like, I didn't even get your message yet. Yeah. Because either my phone was off or my gps but now you out. don't even have a phone yeah i know which is great <laughs> yeah. which is awesome and what's nice about that is i just run everything through the router and yeah. then when i'm away from my truck hiking like i don't have the option to check my right phone, so i love that yeah so if i'm away from my truck i'm not connected i can stay connected to my gps if i need to but that the texting on that is an effort it's like yeah. the old school flip phones yeah so it's, it's like, like no, I, when you text
0: I, me I, from in reach it's like ah, i'll just wait for him to get
1: back <laughs> <laughs> exactly like, plus too, it, takes, gonna it takes me like five hours just to respond <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's nice having that, that divide out there and, and, uh, and not having the cell phone. When I first did that, I had so many people get mad at me. They're like, you don't have, you know, how am I going to get in touch? I'm like, you don't even, you never call. Yeah. It was weird how people that never contacted me were upset that I didn't have a phone. I'm like, so what do you you just want to have the option to call me? Like, what is it? Because you don't ever, you don't ever give me a buzz. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, and
1: it was I, that was really strange. But, but uh, now with
0: FaceTime, if you're not familiar, so on Apple, sorry, we're in the walled ecosystem that is <laughs> Apple things. But yeah. you can FaceTime audio call people, so it's like an audio call, but it uses data. And it sounds so much better than a yeah. typical phone call.
1: Literally like we're sitting right here. Yeah. So, it, and it's, there's no lag on it or nothing. So now you don't even really need
0: a cell phone number, especially if you have a data plan like you do.
1: Exactly. And that's how I realized. I was like, I don't want that because I was, I would constantly be distracted with it if I was driving. And I love driving without that, without that distraction, mm-hmm. like really road tripping. What like, do you
0: use for a GPS? Like, do you use data on like an ipad or something or how just do you do just
1: it? on like the iphone that i use to run the drone that's uh-huh. not hooked up i just use the map on there and okay. it just it just runs through that and then it, and then i can turn on the location thing when i want to run the map and then it will pinpoint where i'm at and i can okay. get directions and stuff like it that it still has the gps and everything in it yeah and then all i have to do is turn it on for that otherwise i keep it always off okay because i don't want to you know, i don't want that data in the in like pictures and stuff yeah that's smart yeah because people can pull out the coordinates yeah I just distanced myself from that, and it was it was odd the people that got mad at me for yeah. not having a phone. I was like, just chill out. Like, it's we're, okay. well, we're gonna be all right. Yeah. You know? Back before we had cell phones, we used to talk on on you know landlines and. That was I. Rem- I remember when my mom first got,
0: a like car phone, one of those like big clunky things that still had a cord, and you had to like hang it up physically.
1: <laughs> oh, crap, had one but in thing, the like, car. Why would you have that? Yeah, it's, it's like so
0: clunky. Yeah, it was me. crazy. But, uh, thinking back. I don't know. It's it's wild to think of a time without cell phones.
1: Yeah, I remember when I was in college and they and in my freshman year, they're like, "Hey, you want a cell phone?" I'm like, "I'm never going to use something like that." Like yeah. I remember thinking that I'm yeah. like, "That's stupid." Right. I'm like, who would want to have a call anywhere they want? And then. By like senior year of college, it was all the right. And what year ish was that? Ninety ninety three was when I thought it was stupid. By 98, it was, <laughs> it was completely okay. adopted by everybody. Okay. And then, you know, I never never anticipated them having the capacity of computer and editing videos to put up for my phone and stuff. It's just it's wild. But it is nice having that digital divide
0: Yeah, that I have. It's, so, it's hard. I. I uh... I don't necessarily struggle with it, but it's something that I'm mindful of because I'm very much a technology nerd. Yeah. Like I really appreciate and love technology and I love geeking out on it and understanding how it works and having like cool technological tools and stuff is just something that, I don't know, it's just exciting to me. But at the same time, I like to have, I like to buy a piece of tech and use it for as long as possible and like fix it and keep it rockin' you know, to like yeah. justify my purchase almost. I don't like to have the new shiny thing mm-hmm. as much as I like to have the old thing that can still get the job done. You yeah, know?
1: that makes sense.
0: But that's something that I struggle with being a naturalist of sorts. And then at the same time, being plugged into the technological world, because a lot of times they're two sort of, they're on one spectrum, but they're at opposite ends of that same spectrum.
1: Yeah, that's, it's hard to balance that out here too, because a lot of our income opportunities are from creating content, which happens to be in a digital Right. environment so we have to use different devices to do that yeah you know, it's funny because people even comment on my videos oh you're off-grid but you're using a camera i'm like well they don't know yeah. the definition of off-grid but still i understand where they're coming Off from Off
0: physical grid but and then we get that all the time too because it's like well you have you have cell service and it's like well dude mm. that's we're okay so we're not off-web right you know we're not off mesh network yeah but off physical grid yes we are very much off of a physical grid yeah
1: we don't need any utility companies right. or nothing like that we're good to go and i right. think that's where the, a lot of people think that i think they confuse it with self-sufficient homesteading with off-grid off-grid is just just not no utilities yeah self-sufficient homesteading is like you're you're growing your own food you right. yeah, you've got your own animals and, and i'd like to get there yeah i would too and like harvesting 100 your own energy and all yeah. your water and like no no you don't need anybody right but that's not us out here right because we have vehicles i mean there's a need with that and so it's it's kind of interesting but um it'd be cool if solar technology could get to the point where
0: we entertained a cyber truck for a minute
1: i was thinking about that too yeah
0: it'd be cool but the only so is right now though to in my mind the downside is that if it's super cold out or super hot out to maintain the battery health the truck has to either run like a heating mechanism or cooling mechanism Uh, that like takes away from the overall charge capacity. mm. So it sort of is like a self parasitism. So you would have to have a pretty wild solar array to like be in the positive if you're in inclement weather. I see. But you could also like run, I don't know, there are options. And that's something that I'm Const- what another thing that we've thought about is uh electric motorcycles effectively yeah like those the se- those those segways yeah, so suron makes the segway okay so there's a company called s-u-r-r-o-n and the seg- segway contracted with them to like use their bikes and rebrand them as segways mm-hmm. but they're effectively like a thousand dollars less if you go straight through suron oh wow but those dude if we had the, the, the major struggle is where would we put those? Yeah. You know, I'd I think for on. you, you could, you could do it on like a hitch mount.
1: Yeah, I could. Yeah. And that's, you know, I've seen people do that with, with full size motorcycles. Yeah. Will you please do that? They <laughs> okay, like, okay. They, that they weigh, weigh like 100 100, pounds.
0: 110 pounds. Yeah. yeah. And they have uh, something like a 50 mile range. Wow. And I think it's uh like 1.5 kilowatt hour battery on most of them.
1: Dude, I could I could charge this thing up with the with that new battery. That you are. could,
0: yeah, and you have a two hundred watt hour solar array. So if you're getting like sixty percent capacity, that's like one hundred and fifty watts in. Mm-hmm. So you could put away, I don't know, like in five hours, you could put away enough power to run to town and back. Yeah. On a sunny day
1: and worst case scenario i mean i can run a larger inverter off my truck battery right if i'm doing that and quick charge it right. because there's rapid charges or beef you up your it.
0: alternator even
1: yep yeah totally i've been thinking about doing a secondary battery under the hood because the lithium ions falter when, the, when it's cold for sure it'd be great to have the deep cycle for those really chilly days
0: yeah and it would be nice to have a backup
1: yeah and then and have that to, to where it's like have that thing fully fully done and then if you're parked like we are we're not going to get sun for probably two days now um, you know, you can just flip a switch and it charges everything back up for yeah. you, which would be nice. Something
0: we, ha- we replaced our alternator not too long ago, but I would like to be able to like leverage all of the power that's coming out of the alternator, even like before it goes into the car battery mm. rather than taking the energy after the car battery. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah, this combustion engines is just so inefficient.
0: Well, they're, they, but they in they're especially inefficient if you're siphoning off the energy after it goes through the lead acid battery. Because the alternator is only taking, like, X amount of energy out of it in a mm. small percentage. Yeah. So it would be nice to get, like, all of that power to put into a battery or that kind of thing. Definitely.
1: But. Well, you know, what I, am, I, what I am impressed with is the fact that solar technology continues to improve by leaps and bounds. And it's making our life so much easier. Yeah. Because we can harvest energy. Even if we have just like a three or four hour window, we can get enough energy to get us through the day. Totally. And be plenty fine. And you actually
0: have more solar panels than we do as far as like wattage goes. What do you have? We have a 100 and a 50.
1: Oh, okay. Didn't so know we have that.
0: 150 total.
1: Okay. And I've found like anything over a hundred is usually pretty sufficient if you've got energy needs like us yeah you know like like 100 to 200 i think is is good i'd 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 go more on the 150 to 200 side yeah but you know what i do is i make sure to look at the forecast what's coming up if there's gonna be any cloudy days i just make sure i charge extra make sure i'm really diligent about babysitting the battery another
0: thing that i learned over time is your cumulative power capacity so charging up like your gopro your phone your computer all the different things when it's sunny out and your battery's topped off rather than being like okay Battery's topped off. I'm good to go. And drain it at
1: night. Yeah, like yeah. charging
0: up all the things that that like add to your cumulative battery, even yeah. the little auxiliary batteries, like your little biolite battery and
1: stuff. Totally. I I yeah, make sure to get all that stuff out in. yeah, it just helps. And that way, when you're charging like headlamps and stuff like that, you're not pulling from your main battery. Right. You can Pull from like a small right. little battery bank or something. And even
0: charging up the headlamps when the sun's still out. Mm-hmm. That was just something that we learned. That's like okay, we have this like supplemental or. Uh, what's the word like extra energy that we're not harvesting mm-hmm. so how can we find places to put that yeah even like- rendering videos when it's super sunny uh-huh. so that we don't hit the battery so hard or if i need to do computer work do that when the battery's totally topped off yeah. you know because yeah. then you're using that extra bit of energy. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. It would sense. otherwise be well, just wasted.
1: And that's that. That's where like you know you get you get to live out here to like really dial that in. Yeah. And like really understand it. So. And
0: uh, people ask all the time like, how much solar do I need for this or that? Yeah. You know, and it's so hard to estimate. But I think having the goal zero system that helped us learn it because it it reads out wattage. Yeah. So you can just see how much how many Watts you're using to charge your laptop or how and many Watts you're bringing in from the panels and stuff.
1: Yeah. And then you get a feel for, it. you can look at electronics or devices and, and look at the, like really quick scan the power, requirements and yeah. consumption and go okay i know how that's good i feel in. like
0: a super genius now that i can read the plug and know what's going on yeah
1: i can like read stuff but i'm like okay if i'm running nothing else i know exactly how long i can run this right. continuously for like x amount of days what
0: helps me is converting everything into watts see i do it for amps amp yeah. hours. that's that's more typical but then the issue with that is if you're on ac power for example you it's people. 120 volts mm-hmm. so if you're running one amp at 120 volts that's, uh, what, 120 watts. Whereas if you're on 12 uh, 12 volts and you're pulling one amp, then that's 12 watts. So it's it's like a factor, or 10 times the power usage.
1: Yeah, and, 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 you, and you lose so much with that conversion to, right. to, to from direct current to alternating current. I was noticing when I was powering up the AC200, when I would switch over and use the wall plug, or I'm sorry, uh, switch over on my inverter from having the direct DC plug in to using the AC, it would waste about 40 watts. I'd lose about 40 because it would say it was pumping in 390, but I was only getting in 350. Interesting. So it was interesting how like that conversion, you know, definitely, definitely. Especially for laptops. Yeah. Oh, big time. Because it goes,
0: it's DC when it's in the main battery Mm -hmm. and then it converts it to AC and then it converts back to DC in your laptop. Lose So much. So that's, I just replaced my laptop. Finally, I had my air since like 2012 like 10 year old laptop and I'm a computer nerd, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a awesome. But I just replaced it and I got a new MacBook Pro and it has the USB C port to yeah. charge with. So then with our new goal zero battery, I can go straight USB C to USB C. So there's no power loss and inversion.
1: Yeah I've got that on this one too which is so nice. It's
0: so nice man. It's it's a I don't know, it's a game changer. Like that little I uh, now that we have the five hundred X It's a 500 watt hour lithium battery. Uh, That's like kind of my battery. And Elsa uses the 1000 because she uses a good bit more power than I do typically. Uh So we each kind of have our own little battery to take care of, I guess.
1: Nice. Well, you know, once you, once you have that, it's, Working with it, like you said, having that display, it helps because it, it was like Chinese to me when I first came out. I didn't know what I was talking about. I almost, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even talk about the subject because I wouldn't know what I, I didn't know what well, I was talking about. Well,
0: even still, it's so confusing. Yeah. Like talking about the, because you have to analogize everything to get it into an understandable term so like with voltage it's like okay that's like the pressure of the water and then you got your you got your amps which is like you can picture like a bucket you know and it's like what (laughs) you know these magical pixies are just flowing out of like water buckets i don't understand (laughs)
1: and all of a sudden i can power everything with little device (laughs) but
0: yeah what's really helped me is just switching everything into watts because it's a simple conversion and then it's like apples to apples even like in your car battery if you convert that to watt hours it's like same as your lithium battery or same as your cell phone Mm -hmm. if you convert everything to watt hours
1: you know what a question i get a lot is people say hey what do i just need to get by Mm -hmm. you know for his batteries and i always say like don't just get by get like double of what you think your usage is for that day well it
0: depends though like it depends if if they're if they actually use technology
1: yeah but you know it's it's also what i take into account is weather because mm-hmm. they don't know if it's going to all of a sudden a freak storm going to roll and they can't they can't do solar because i i know some people be like well i just want to run my i want to do a direct panel off of my roof rack or whatever directly to my fridge and i'm like well, you need a battery bank to store it right like because you're gonna have time when you can't do solar it's not sunny every day and so it's just taking into account those variables that you know you learn when you're out here for a while totally so but i think to start
0: simple like start with the, almost the bare minimum to get a grip on how things work rather than, I think that's a lot better than trying to anticipate what you'll need.
1: You guys went crazy with being minimal with just using the biolite stove for your <laughs> yeah. first try. You <laughs> told me that. And I'm like, there is no way. And, and God's green earth. You could do that. that was, and you guys did it. That was um, That's amazing. That was interesting,
0: but yeah. it's the little wood burning wood stove. And that was, we didn't have a propane stove or anything either to cook. Wow. on. So we I, just cooked on the little biolite stove for like upwards of a year. That's hardcore. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't like we were trying to be badass. No, I know, but like, it's still
1: cool. I don't I
0: don't even, I can't even put words to why we did that. I love it. But it was fun and we learned a lot doing that. And then you can, we always leaned on coffee shops to yeah, that's a good, um, good one. charge up computers and stuff. But now with the pandemic going on, that's been an interesting wrench yeah. to figure out how to work like exclusively from the scamp that's part of why we upgraded our computers and the our battery situation and stuff Mm -hmm. is so that we can be completely self-sufficient and not ever have to go to town that's yeah that's as far as like work goes
1: that's what i'm doing with all those upgrades for my truck i'm like i want to make sure if i'm back here i can self-recover yeah and get out and not not have to go into town i can stay out longer with extra gas yeah have more propane than i'm carrying on on the swing out with the bumper you know so it's just gonna be better to stay out longer totally Speaking of batteries, I got to get this battery charged up before my, cool. my live stream tonight. Well,
0: let's cut this one off, and maybe in a couple of days we can do another. Yeah. And talk about, like, we'll have some subjects or something. <laughs> yeah, <maybe.
1: laughs> definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a theme for it yeah, instead of just uh, instead of just going freestyle.
0: Well, cool. Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been super fun.
1: Yeah, thanks, Thanks everybody. And uh, thanks to Baron and Elsa for having me on their, their podcast. Here, yeah, so. and likewise. And yours is called? Yeah, it's Nomad Ramblings, Conversations from the Road. And yours?
0: And then ours is Normal to Nomad. And you can find uh, we're on all the podcast places and you probably are too, right?
1: Yeah. All the, I mean, you know,
0: Spotify, yeah. iTunes, Google. you mean And in all, in my show notes, I'll link to Brian's podcast and then I'll, if you wouldn't mind doing the same.
1: Yeah, I'll do the same. So cool. Right on brother. Well, let's see how much snow we get tonight. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a pretty, lot. Pretty
0: desperate out here.
1: <laughs> it's scary. We're struggling. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. For more information and links to the things we talked about, check out our show notes at normal2nomad.com slash podcast. If you want to see more of what we're up to, we've documented our travels on YouTube for the past three years and are up to a quarter of a million subscribers. Check it out at youtube.com slash Elsa Ray. Please give us a five-star review if you like the show so other people can find it. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.